What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Anna Creates Podcast. My name is Alex Krotz, and today I want to discuss the power of not overthinking things. I want to look at what overthinking looks like and where it becomes present in creative lives and in art. And then I want to look at ways to get around it and ways to catch yourself overthinking and make sure you're not overanalyzing things within your creative art. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Anik Creates Podcast with your weekly dose of music, technology, and creative inspiration. Now your host, Alex Krotz. So what do I mean when I talk about overthinking and overanalyzing? Well, there's so many different ways that overthinking and overanalyzing what you're doing can pop up within creativity and within your art. As we talked about before, that fear of failure is one thing that really does help bring out overthinking because you want to make sure that your art, music or video or whatever it is, that you are competing and you are in the right vein with your creativity to actually compete within the marketplace surrounding your art. And that's one way that overthinking comes out and is shown. But there are so many other ways while we're creating that we overanalyze things, not even comparing ourselves to other things at all, not that fear of failure. It's just overthinking and overanalyzing the littlest details that in the end actually don't matter. One really good example that comes off the top of my head as somebody who likes photography as well as music is a lot of photographers when they have Instagram accounts, they post their pictures and they spend a lot of time working on their Instagram grid to make sure that the colors flow within their grid from photo to photo. See that as you scroll, you want the colors to go together. And that's something that a lot of people really, really overanalyze. And yes, it's fun for some people and they're not overanalyzing it in a way that it hinders them. It's actually a creative outlet and a kind of a little push for them creatively to help them try different things and work on different color schemes with their photos and how to edit them differently because they actually have a goal with it. But other people, it hinders them from actually posting anything because they're not sure if they have pictures that'll work within that grid arrangement that they're trying to do. And that's something that almost nobody else actually sees. The vast majority of people on Instagram are flipping through the photos and kind of, they look at whatever's been posted. They look at it for literally about half a second. They like it if they like it. Besides that, they move on. They continue on scrolling. So people see that photo, which is one photo without the grid. They look at it for half a second and they move on. So the photo can be great, but if it doesn't actually match a grid and it's just another great photo within your style that you do and people look at the username and they see your name and they see the photo and they're like, wow, that's another great piece of art from this person. That's the exact same kind of thing. Now, the thing that I find with overthinking your creative art is that when you overthink something too much, it hinders you from moving forward to actually learn how to be better at making your art and to learn how to advance yourself in whatever you're doing. You need to complete things. Now, whether that's actually putting things out into the world on a bigger scale, that may not be the end goal, but you have to complete something. So for example, if you are a musician and you write songs, and you just start writing a ton of songs, but every time you're like, oh, I don't know, it's it's just not good enough, it's not me, it's not this, it's not whatever it is that's holding you up that you're overthinking, and then you just start songs, but you never actually finish them, you never record them yourself, you never make demos, you never make a record, you never get them mixed or mastered or show people because you're just so inside your own head with it. You need to actually go through the process and you need to actually have that external influence a little bit where people can tell you that it's good and help build your confidence up while also going through the whole process. Because what what happens a lot as you're starting out, especially in a, in a creative art like music 
or photography or stuff like that, you can think all about how it would be to have the best song in the world. But until you actually try and finish a song, you're never going to know what the rest of the process is going to add to your creative inspiration while making the song. A lot of people sit down and write songs with a guitar and their voice and they write it and they write down the lyrics on a piece of paper, but they don't actually think about what it's going to be like when they get to recording it, what elements are going to help the song move along as a recording that people are going to listen to over and over and over again. But you never think about that until you're actually sitting there and then there's mixing and you don't actually know what the song's supposed to sound like, or you think it's good, but you know, it's not perfect, but it's getting there. You don't actually know what it's supposed to sound like or what you really envision until you get it mixed and you realize that's not what I had in mind or that's amazing. I hadn't even thought of that vibe for these these elements that I put in the song. I hadn't even thought of this approach to it because you've never done that. You've never gone that far with your song. You wouldn't have even thought of that if all you did was stay over analyzing your lyrics and your chords on your guitar sitting at home or sitting around a campfire with the guitar. You never would have thought about the synths and the layers and the vibe that the mix would create. And then moving forward from that, if you're a band or something and you take those songs and you go play shows, even if it's local shows, you don't know how the fans are going to react or how they're going to translate live in front of an audience. And you're going to realize that some songs play better in front of an audience than others, where there's chanting parts for the audience to yell back at you or lyrics that they can really easily remember and sing along with you. That's going to help you craft your sound and, and learn what you like. Maybe you really, really like like doing live shows and you really, really like that kind of audience participation with your music. And so you're going to write more like that. You never would have figured that out if all you did was sit with your guitar. So it's really powerful to go through the whole process. There's a very powerful story that I heard once, and I may have mentioned this before, but it fits in very, very well with this concept. And that is there was a teacher and they had a photography class and they split the class into two. Now, one side of the class was allowed to take as many photos as possible, keep going out shooting, and they would take a thousand photos and hopefully one of them would turn out really well. The other side of the class could take one photo and it had to be the perfect photo. And at the end of the class, the professor realized that the people that took a million photos learned so much more because they would screw up. And by screwing up and actually going through that process of taking a photo and getting it back and realizing, oh, it's blurry, I need to think about my focus or I need to, you know, oh, I took it from this weird angle and now that I see it back after the fact, it, it doesn't look as good as I thought thought it did. And then they'd go try more things where they actually got better photos and they grew so much more as photographers. Whereas the other side analyzed so long and only could take one photo. So when they finally took one photo, they thought it was good, but they had overanalyzed the whole thing. It ended up being way worse than any of the other photos in the other group because they'd overthought it and they didn't actually know, and they couldn't have actually learned from their mistakes one of the best ways to grow creatively because creativity is so much competing against yourself in a way. You're always growing your own skills. It's not even about trying to compare yourself to others as we've talked about. It's about comparing yourself to you and your past self and how to grow your personal self. And by making mistakes or finding things you don't like, which then are mistakes in your head, you then grow and learn where to go and what directions you like and what things you like and what you don't like. So it's so important to actually be able to make those mistakes and to continue and go through that process, make those mistakes and learn from them. 
And another thing that can happen with overanalyzing and overthinking things is that in the end, you're not actually going to be happy. You're overthinking so much in the process because in the end, you want it to be amazing and you want people to love it and you want to be so happy with it. And so you think about things and things take way longer than you possibly could have assumed. As soon as you're done, you're so proud of it. And that's fantastic. But the problem is because you've overthought every single detail and you've thought about it all so heavily, when somebody comments on something that they don't like or that they think could be better or just a comment, then you instantly are going to, you know, dive down their throats and you're going to hate that because you've thought about it so, so much that there's no room for people to be appreciative and see it in their own light. If you've thought about every detail of your song and you think that there's a vibe and a story that's coming through and a lesson that people can learn, if you've thought about it so heavily and you've thought every word is correct and you are not open to people hearing it any other way, as soon as somebody hears it a different way, because it's it's a piece of creative art, which means everybody will interpret it differently. As soon as you have somebody that interprets it different than you did, because you've overanalyzed, you now are mad at them for interpreting it in a different way than you. Even though that's completely valid and actually the beautiful part about creative art, but now you're angry that they're not seeing your exact vision because you overthought every detail so that it matches your exact vision. They don't maybe relate to whatever your story you're portraying or lesson you're trying to teach. They're going to find their own thing to take from it. And you need to be open to that and you need to not overanalyze and have worked on this for so long that it's way too, you're way too deep inside of it. And so now you're not going to be as happy in the end, which means it's going to hinder your next creative project and your next song that you're going to start because you're just so attached to one thing. Now, if you do a ton of songs, you write 50 songs, then you're going to be less attached to each one of them, which means when somebody tells you something that you didn't even notice within your song, you're going to be like, oh, that's really cool. I hadn't thought of that. And you're actually going to be open to it because you haven't overanalyzed, you haven't thought about every detail way too much for your own good. You haven't put all your heart and soul into one song. You've kind of spread it out, which means you're less attached to each one, which means you're more open to how people are going to perceive them. And that's really important when you're showing people your work. Now, there's a quote that I've heard before, and I kind of agree with it to a degree, but I don't fully agree with it. And that is creativity is never done. It's abandoned. Now, I, I agree with it to a certain degree because yes, creativity at a certain point, you have to let it go. You have to put it out into the world and creativity, it captures a piece of your life. It captures a time in your life as a band. It capturing the, the things you're going through when you're writing that record as an artist, it's capturing the thoughts that you were having while you're making that painting as a photographer, it's capturing that moment that you were in, in that environment that you were in. It's capturing that as a band, capturing that time as we grow as people, what you see in a song and what your tastes are in a song is different now than it will be a year from now. So if you're working on a record for too long, you're just going to keep changing it and keep changing it and keep changing it because you're going to always overthink every part of it and overthink that, well, I don't like that anymore. Meanwhile, when you wrote the song, when you first recorded it, you actually loved that because that was what was going on in your head. And that to you made sense at the time and related really well to whatever the message was for the song. 
So if you allow yourself to keep going with the song and keep altering it and changing it and, you know, two years go by and you're working on the same batch of songs, you kind of have to let it go at some point because you have to put it within that area of your life. You have to leave it with that section of your life. Sure, in five years, you're going to look at it and go, wow, I can't believe I did that. How did I put that out? All this new stuff I'm doing is way better. But of course, you wouldn't have gotten to this point and new songs and new material and better material if you hadn't allowed that record to stay in the past or those songs to stay in the past and actually finished them, put them out. That's how we grow. That's how we learn from our mistakes. When we put it out, we realize, you know, even a month later what we would have changed. But it's too late now, so we're going to actually take those changes and put them into new material. And that's how the cycle goes, and that's how we learn, by completing that cycle for our different pieces of art, whether it be music, photography, videos, anything like that. You have to finish it. I've worked on so many records that have gone on for so, so long, and it just goes in a circle. There's one record I worked on, and it was over a year. It was a year and a half or so. Big record, band had quite a budget, so they could do whatever they wanted. They've had a lot of number one hits in their past, so they're very analytical of everything they do because they want and they need more number one hits. So they got to think about that. And that's, that's an immense amount of pressure, obviously. And that's, you know, the fear of failure comes in there very heavily because they have that success to actually lose because they've been doing this for years, but we were working on the record. And at one point it was like a year and a bit in, they were working on one of the songs and they were like, man, we, I don't know what's going on with this song. We've tried so many different things. What are we missing? Why it sounds weird. Something's wrong. And and I was engineering and they told me to go back to this other session at whatever point in time. The session that they made me open, we listened to it and they're like, wow, that's the way it needs to be. That is exactly how it should be. This is perfect. We looked at it. They were like, when is this from? And I was like, it was a year ago as of yesterday. So we had literally gone back a year previous to where this song was perfect and where they loved it. And it just shows you that we went for another year working on that song, overanalyzing every piece of it, and just continuing to change it for sake of change. It wasn't better. It was just different. And at a certain point in creativity, you need to know that it's going to be just different. Not any better, just different. You need to stop changing things when it's at that point. You need to be able to catch yourself when it gets to that point. Now, I have a couple tips on how to overcome overthinking and how to catch yourself and how to get around that overthinking and, and not overanalyze everything. One of the biggest things that I find, and, and this is, you know, when you're writing a song or when you're an engineer recording a song or mixing a song or when you're a photographer and you're editing your photos, at a certain point, you have to stop. But while you're doing it, you need to take breaks. You need to just step back for a minute and then come back to it. Sometimes that can be five minutes. Sometimes it should be the rest of the day. Sometimes you need a week to step back. When you find yourself digging very deeply in on small, small details, that's when you have to take a break. You have to step back for a minute, take a break, literally go for a walk. And when you come back, you're probably not even going to notice the thing that you were working on. You have to just listen to your song again or whatever it is. You probably won't notice what it was that you were working on. And you're going to work on other details. And then at a certain point, you're going to 
to dive too far deep into one detail and then you just take another break. This happens a lot as a mixer. When I'm mixing a song, I'm working on it for hours and I, you know, I dive into the vocal sound and I'm like, wow, this just isn't, it doesn't have enough clarity. So I, I put on a little bit of clarity and then, you know, a minute later I'm kind of going, oh, it's too much. It's so bright and so brittle. And I turn it down another minute later. I'm like, oh, I, I can't hear it. It's not clear enough. And I turn it up and, uh, and I'll go back and forth for like 10, 20, 30 minutes. And it just, it's never perfect. There's something wrong. And I am so analytical because I'm focused on it. And every, that word's not right. That word's too bright. That's not enough. And it's just so overwhelming. And at that point, that's when I need to take a break. And I step back and I go for a walk or I work on a different song, whatever it is that works for me in that time or that scenario. And then when I listen to it again, I don't even notice the vocal. I'm like, yeah, the vocal sounds good. It's just a little too quiet. And then I boost it up a little bit and we're good to go. And, you know, that's the thing. Sometimes you get so into little details and it's like, nobody's going to notice this. This is not making the world of difference that in my head it's making right now. So taking breaks is a great way to overcome that overthinking. Number two is to use references or influences in a non-direct way, not analyzing them back to back going, okay, how many bars are there in this song? Or, you know, as you're mixing a being them directly going, wow, this is, I need to change this, this, this because their song is not going to be the same as your song, but using them in a different way, using them like I'm going to listen to a mix on my headphones when I go to the gym or when I go for a walk. And then I'm going to listen to my song when I get back and listen to it and go, I think their song is just overall brighter, or I think their song is overall more lo-fi, whatever it is. I'm going to use those influences in kind of a passive way as a kind of overall influence, not a direct, you know, note for note influence. I want just the kind of overall influence. So you, you got to once again, step back. You have to think about it in a grander way and a more broad way. And that's how it's really going to help. So you can look at different paintings when you're painting and kind of see what kind of strokes they did, but don't try and directly mimic it. Just think about it. And use that later on, maybe later that day. Don't think about it right away or like try and copy it when it's sitting right beside because you're going to end up with the same painting or like the same thing or the same with songs. You're going to end up with the same sounding thing, which you don't want. You want your own creativity to still come through. You don't want to be once again overanalyzing their work and trying to put it into your work. That's not going to help the song because you're trying to be too much like them. The third thing is that if you're on a roll, keep going. This happens all the time for me when I'm mixing or when I'm writing a song. And that is, if I'm on to something, yes, breaks are important, but if I'm trying to write a song and I'm really into it and a lot of ideas are flowing and I finally, I got the verse and then I'm working on the chorus and I'm not getting too over analytical, obviously, of, of little things. That's when breaks are very necessary. But when I'm still like just throwing a lot of different ideas at the table and it's flowing really well and I'm moving all over the place with different ideas and trying to find the vibes and then I keep going. The thing is, is sometimes you're like, okay, I gotta have to take a break. I'm gonna have to go for a walk or something. So I might as well do that now. I'll come back to this and whatever I'm thinking now, I'll remember this. The problem is that you won't. This happens a lot with songwriting as well. When you're writing something, you're like, okay, and then the chorus, we're going to say this. We have a couple lines maybe, but I need to take a break for a minute. So, uh, you know, because it's been two hours exactly, I need to take a break. But then when you come back, you're like, wow, what, what was this song about? I've, I kind of forget where I was going with that chorus. I, I don't remember now. Because the ideas that you had and all that 
good creative flow. You were trying to just get down on paper and write down or get into the computer. You had all these ideas. You need to get them in there so that you can, can use them to re-spark that creativity later on when it's needed. You know, if it's not there, you're going to forget about it. You're going to forget what you were thinking. You're going to forget the idea. That's a problem. And you need to know when you're on a roll to keep going and just try and put everything in there. Now, another thing, number four, is to remove distractions. That is as easy as take your phone and put it in the other room. That That's basically the tip. Phones and technology can be such a huge problem. If you have a TV there with a PlayStation and people are playing... And, you know, you're writing or working and people are playing because they're waiting. That's a distraction. You're going to want to go play that game. That's going to be something that you want to do. If you have your phone and you see it, you're going to want to pick it up. People just want to grab their phone and scroll through Instagram for five minutes. You're distracting yourself. It's not a break because you're not intentionally doing it. And then you just feel like crap because you forget what you were trying to do but you've wasted your time going on Instagram or whatever it is, which is completely useless. So remove those distractions. When I'm mixing or when I'm even working on this podcast, like right now, my phone's on do not disturb and it's across the room. I can't see it. I can't pick it up. My iPad, my computer, everything that I'm using to record this is on, you know, do not disturb. It's got notifications muted, everything like that. I try and hide clocks if possible. I try and hide distractions, even on screen. Sometimes I'm struggling with the idea or sometimes I'm really easily distracted or almost kind of looking for distractions because I don't really want to do this. I like to use my iPad actually for initial starts with ideas and writing ideas because it's very much harder for me or in my head it's harder for me to get distracted and flip over to Facebook because I can't just have a a tab open on the internet. I can't see the messages come in as easily. I can't have so many things running all at once. It's easier for me to turn off all the notifications, not get distracted by this thing needs an update. That's enough of a distraction sometimes to get me completely out of the vibe and I forget what I'm trying to do and that's it. That's I'm not I'm not moving forward with whatever idea I was working on. So, removing distractions is such a key point. And the next one, number five, is to set limits. This applies to personal limits as well as client limits. So, for example, as a personal limit, if you're writing a song or you're writing an EP and you want to put out an EP, set yourself a release date. Set yourself a soft limit of when you want these songs done so that you actually have something to work towards instead of, oh, I'll work on it tomorrow. Oh, I'll, I'll change it more. Or, oh, yeah, we can redo the vocals again next week because it's okay. If you have kind of a limit at a certain point, you have to go, yeah, these vocals are great. We're going to move on and finish the rest of it because otherwise you're just going to keep changing it. And then you're going to keep getting into that same thing where your tastes are changing, which means what you're doing is changing and what you want hear is changing and so you're changing the song but it's not making it any better it's making it different so you have to set those limits and kind of go okay i want these songs to be done by next week or by next month but you need to set that limit and set those release dates when you finish them actually release them don't sit on them somewhere because then you're going to listen to it again in in six months and go well this song's not very good i'm not going to release this and all that work that you put in and that piece of your life at that time that you captured that you loved at the time, you're never going to release and you're never going to actually put it out there. And then, like I said, you're not going to learn from your mistakes when you put it out there and when you see other people's reactions and you know where to go and how you feel about releasing it. You need those limits. Now, on the other side of things for clients, let's say if you're a mixer or an engineer, you need to have limits for your revisions. How many revisions are you going to allow? Three revisions, five revisions, you know, mixed revisions are a huge thing. 
and people can change them forever. I was working on a band once and I would wait two to three months between mixed revisions. In two to three months, they wanted to change so much different things. It wasn't like, okay, tambourine up a little bit and vocal down a little bit. Good. We're good to go. One of the notes was, can we change the guitar sound? And I'm thinking, no, we can't change the guitar sound. We recorded this a year ago. We need this done. And now that you've added a new pedal onto your pedal board or you've changed your amp, that doesn't mean that these songs need to be changed as well. That means that these songs were back in the day when you didn't have that pedal board or when you didn't have that different guitar amp. We need to move forward and we're not changing that. So you need to set those limits when you're talking to your clients. Have five mix revisions and each one has to be within, you know, a week of when I send you the mix because then at least you know it's going to take a month and that's maximum. You have to set those limits and you have to stop them from just changing that one more thing because those one more things add up just forever. So you got to set those limits. And the last thing is you can't doubt yourself. You have to believe in yourself. And I know this is easier said than done, but you have to believe that what you're doing is right. And the things that you're creating are you and the stories that you're telling are what you want them to be. And that other people's opinions are fine the way they are. And if they take something different from your story that you're telling or your song or your lesson that you're portraying, then great. Be confident that you did the best you could to portray your story and that it's actually amazing that they're taking something else from it and that they can perceive the same thing in a whole different way. You should be proud of that. You should be proud that many different people can relate to your work in many different ways. And that's actually such a beautiful thing. So you need to be confident in yourself to know that it's totally okay and not get offended when people think about it differently. So those are my tips on how to not overanalyze and not overthink everything and how to make sure that you're moving forward with your art. Because although art is your own creativity, you can do whatever you want. There is a certain limit that you should have and a certain kind of progression that you can do because you're going to be happier if you progress within your art. So to recap, one, you have to take breaks. Two, you can use references and influences in a different way, not a direct way, more of an indirect way. Three, if you're on a roll, keep going. Put all those ideas down. Four, remove those distractions. Get rid of your phone. Get rid of those notifications. Just, you know, you don't need any of that stuff. Five, set limits, set timelines. Know when you're going to get things done or have kind of a rough estimate. Obviously, if there's another week that you need, go for it. But don't allow yourself to go on for two years if something should actually take a month. No need for that. And then last but not least, six, is do not doubt yourself. Be confident in your art. It's your art. You're the first one that's thinking of it. And that's a beautiful thing that you can bring to the world. So that's it for this week, guys. If you know anybody that needs a little reminder to not overthink something and needs to move on with their project a little bit and put it out there, get that beautiful art into the world, share this episode with them. Find me on all social media platforms at Anik Creates and go to AnikCreates.ca for show notes and everything else I'm putting out for you guys. I will see you in the next one. Until then always be creating. Thank you for listening to the Anik Creates podcast. Be sure to check out anikcreates.ca for show notes and all the latest updates. Until next time, always be creating.